Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk Show with me, Barry Holmes. We are here for the 169th episode of the Talk That Talk Show, so it'll be our last episode in the 160s. You know, I, like I said, the time just keeps flying by. I'm happy once again to be here with you on a Friday night and get to share some time with you here on the Talk That Talk Show. Big shout out to everybody who's tuned in on our Facebook live stream. Also, anyone who's tuned in on our uh, Instagram live stream as well. Whether you're listening afterwards on um, on Buzzsprout, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. I appreciate you so much. And then there's also anybody who's listening in on our YouTube channel as well, too. If you have not subscribed, please tune in to uh, Talk That Talk Show on YouTube. Subscribe. Tell a friend. You know, I appreciate all the support, man. A lot of times, like I said, people think that support comes straight from money. And that's not the case. You know, I feel like I have some of the best support system in the world because people just truly invest not only, you know, energy, but their time to listen to this Talk That Talk Show. And they're spreading the word about it. You know, people are proudly rocking their shirts and jerseys. Um, you know, it, it just it makes all the, the world to me to have people that believe in me, that believe in this podcast and know what I stand for. And, you know, I think that, you know, in my time here, you know, I've just established myself as a pillar of consistency. You know, a lot of times people are known for a lot of different things. Some could be bad. Some could be good. But, you know, it just is really cool to be able to affect people positively with this Talk That Talk show. You know, giving people something to look forward to. You know, I had my boy Ishabod Crane who hit me up saying how uh, he wanted to come here on the show. So, you know, hopefully we're going to have him booked up for the show next week. Um, but, you know, just the fact, like, again, that people want to come on this show and, and, show, and tell about their story and show about... You know how proud they are to uh, to be a part of this and to to want to be a part of this. You know it means the world, man. You know I had people like Carl Samuels who came out to my hundredth episode, and you know that was really dope. And and to have events like that to where now it's culminated to where we're gonna have our first Mets outing. Big shout out to Theo and Josh who got in on some late registration. So now uh, our group total is gonna be at eighteen people. And for my first ever uh, Mets event, to have that many people that are going to be able to enjoy um, with me and that want to come with me for this event, um, it, it means it means so much to me, man. You know, I, I, to think that you can just have 18 people show up and, and, and go out of their way, you know, spend a hundred dollars to to enjoy with you too, you know, it, it's awesome, man. Like I said. I wouldn't have been able to maybe have the confidence to do an event like that had had I not done the event before at the um at the bowling with uh, the hundredth episode. So I think that you know with this show uh, on top of you know getting better content material on top of trying to push the boundaries of what we can do with the show. You know I also want to see you know if we can do more events where we have uh, live events where people can come and meet mingle and share a mutual appreciation of the talk that talk show doing things that we like and i mean what better way to you know cap off summer than to watch a great baseball game that means something right it's not like the mets or the phillies are ass you know 
Um, big shout out to my boy um, Lenny, who's on our Instagram live stream. He says, "Hell yeah, it's gonna be a great time." And uh, shout out to my sister, who's coming with her boyfriend TK. She says, "Woo, can't wait!" So. You know, everybody that did support, you know, the rally towels did come in as well, too. So, you know, everyone that did purchase, uh, made their pre-order with us to go to the game, will receive rally towels. So I'm really excited about that. And, you know, like I said, beyond just content in these events, we're just going to keep it moving. Uh, keep, you know, pushing the boundaries of what content exists like on this Talk That Talk show. And, you know, hopefully try and get some more creative guests as well, too. But, you know, one of the things that when I was looking back and, um, you know, trying to create some content material for uh, this for this episode, you know, I was thinking about some of the things that I did like and that I did enjoy. And, you know, part of the thing that makes this talk that talk show what it is is that i'm constantly you know answering that imaginary question or having that third person conversation with you guys being the audience but you know there are times outside of the talk that talk show where people love to get my opinion you know one of the things that we had all the time uh, after bowling my uncle mickey would love asking me about uh, certain things about, you know, sports and, you know, that would be the time that we talk about that or, you know, following, you know, on the train. Uh, I would always be, you know, when I worked in the city, always talking to people about certain sports and stuff like that, just commuting. So, you know, it's those conversations with people where I really missed answering genuine questions from people. So, you know, in this episode, you know, I really wanted to um, answer the questions out there for the people um, and, and give them a little bit of insight on the things that they want to hear. So, you know, I, I put a post out there before, you know, saying anybody that if they wanted any type of things answered, uh, post it in the comments and I'll answer them. So, you know, big shout out to the people that uh, did participate. And I'm going to tell you, share with you guys some of the things that they asked me. So, you know, first things first on this list, we have Travis Ola. And he asked me, how do you feel about the Mets doing nothing at the deadline? And I think that you know, with that question here um, from Travis, thank you again, Travis. But, you know, a lot of people, and that might be the general perception of people that don't necessarily watch baseball or only watch their own team. And the reason why I say this is because the the um, the big name players, right? The big names of the that we're all we're looking to see who we're gonna get shopped was like a Juan Soto. Um, you know, I know people would said about Shoho Atani, uh, Wilson Contreras. These are some of the big names of people that were said to be getting traded, but. Because the Mets, in a way, or David Robertson, I know a lot of people wanted David Robertson, but, you know, in a way, for a lot of people, because the Mets didn't maybe necessarily get those big name or high caliber type players, it seems on the surface level that the Mets did nothing at the deadline. But when I tell you, if you've watched these Mets games since the Mets have made trades, it has been the the new addition players which have catapulted this Mets team past that little uh, hitting funk that we were in prior to the all-star break and you know what we've had here is we had Daniel Vogelbach uh Doc was making uh jokes because she was basically saying what we thought in our mind she's like oh this guy's thick you know he's a big dude and he really is, man. And you think, how how can this big dude whose belly's hanging over his belt help a team? But from the Mets' perspective, he's done nothing but hit for us. You know, he's been a great DH. And I know that in that DH slot, we've kind of lacked that consistent guy that we know that's going to get at least one hit a game. And I know that even if he doesn't get a hit 
Vogelback has great uh, plate vision, has been able to get himself on base. So I think he's been a huge addition for us. And then also Tyler Naquin, who hit two home runs the last game, a guy who you might not have heard of because both of these guys came from the Pirates and the Reds. So they're not really hugely known. But these guys have been huge contributors to the Mets. And, I mean, you think of a guy in Mark Canha who's now really elevated into this huge everyday role. To have a Tyler Naquin out there to kind of spell him in the outfield and add a little bit of versatility to the outfielders there. You know, maybe giving Sterling Marte a little bit of a breather. You know, it's it's good for the Mets to have those bats, um, and not only bats, but I think they were lefty bats at that too. So when you add that versatility to the lineup, where you have a Francisco Lindor, where you have um, you know Pete Alonso and Sterling Marte, these guys that are really uh, doing well for the Mets. Uh, it, it makes big, big wonders for us. So, you know, for people to say that the Mets did nothing at the deadline, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I know we really haven't seen much from Darren Ruff, who we got from the Giants, supposed to be a veteran hitter. I'm sure at some point he'll get his platoon work in there. Also, Michael Givens, um, you know, right-handed relief pitcher, you know, it was a good addition for us. Got rid of J.D. Davis as well, as well too. But, you know, for most people, they think – that we should have gotten a left-handed relief pitcher. We should have got catching. But big shout-out to my boy Jeff because he showed me about the prospect that we got in the farm system that we just drafted. And to me, for them to not make a deal uh, for a catcher, it kind of instills the fact that, hey – they really believe in this guy that they have in the pipeline coming down and that he's going to really uh, make some some big-time strides for the Mets when he's ready. And then also what it shows is just how great Tomas Nito has been hitting for us, man. I mean, the fact that, you know, when James McCann went down and the ship never really went down, uh, nobody can ever say nothing about Nito because he's had clutch hits where he's kept rallies going for the Mets. So the fact that they haven't gotten a catcher, just really speaks to the fact that maybe they don't really need one. You know, I think that, you know, people want these big time moves, but at the end of the day, baseball is such a gel type sport. It takes that specific, you know, right gel of players to come together. You know, there's a reason why the Nationals have been struggling since that uh, World Series run. There's a reason why certain teams in the major leagues don't make the playoffs because not only do you need that winning culture, you also need that right group of guys and led by the right guy. I mean, how hard is it to great get great managing? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the job that Buck Walters done, nothing more, you know, can be said about just how great of a job he's doing. And for as far as the trades at the deadline, Travis, we have made some considerable moves. They might not be the big name moves because these guys came from Pittsburgh or Cincinnati, but they are still moves that will ensure that we get to the playoffs and do some damage there. And also, we want to give a big shout out to my boy Alvin Baptiste. He's going to be having his nice housewarming party this weekend. Uh, hopefully going to be able to make it over there uh, after the Mets game. So I'm just super excited for him and the big things that he's doing. He's always been a huge supporter of this Talk That Talk show, whether it be merchandise, talking to me about the show, about different influences, topics. Um, You know, guys always in my ear with positive things. So big shout out to Alvin. But he asks here, you know, what are my hot takes for this NFL season? And it's good because we have my boy Jeff 
who was like, yo, I just can't wait. You know, we got football seasons back. You know, he's talking about the package because our stream live has been pretty shitty. So, you know, we're going to have to try and figure something out for this football because the stream has been chotch. But, you know, the question was, you know, what are my hot takes? And I got three on the NFC side, and I got three on the AFC side for you, Alvin. The first thing that I'm going to say is I'm going to go out on a limb because you never, ever want to invest faith in these guys because time in and time out, they've proven to let us all down, whether it be for money or not for money. But the one thing that I will say is from the things that I've seen both you know, in the headlines with acquisitions, uh, injuries in preseason, um, just the different uh, makeups of the team going into and health of the players. You know, I think in the NFC, the Cowboys are primed to take another stab at winning the NFC East. I think with a healthy Dak Prescott, they can be very scary, even though, you know, you do lose an Amari Cooper, who was aging and still had injury concerns, COVID issues, whatever the case may be. And I think they have a core of young guys that have been getting better and, you know, will elevate their play when it's time. And, you know, Dak, Pres uh, Dak Prescott just has a special effect on that football team when he's healthy. So, you know, I got the Cowboys to win the NFC East, and I just might invest stock in them actually winning a playoff game this year. So that's my hot take there. The Cowboys are going to win the NFC East, and they're going to win a playoff game. That, that's what I'm going to say here. Also, a second one on um, the NFC uh, side, I do think that, you know, with, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo potentially moving or wherever he needs to go, saying that he is not the starting quarterback, I think this is big time for Trey Lance to maybe take the next steps in that quarterbacking role, man. I think that, you know, Trey Lance got a little, got his beak wet a little bit, you know, and did show that, you know, there are there is some promise there, but he wasn't exactly there yet. But I think that in his second year, you know, first year as being a full-time starter and then also, you know, having this connection that he's been establishing with Debo Samuel, who just – you know, newly got paid, knows he's going to be in San Francisco. So it's a different level of investment now for him. So, you know, when you got the best player on your team, now getting that connection with the guy who's going to potentially lead your team, you know, I think it sets San Francisco up uh, to be, you know, definitely at very best a wild card team because I know the Rams have a hold of that division. But, you know, I just think that Trey Lance can really take next steps as a quarterback to take the uh, 49ers to the next step. And then also what I will say is this, you know, with Aaron Rodgers losing Devontae Adams, I think he's going to understand that he's going to have to work just a little bit more harder. I think Aaron Jones is going to have to work a little bit more harder in that rush game. You know, it's going to be more stretch on that run game. And uh, I think that's going to open up the door for the Minnesota Vikings to potentially come in there and take that NFC North. Um, I know my boy Greg Jensen will love to hear that. But, um, yeah, I definitely got the Minnesota Vikings this year taking the NFC North. That's going to be one of my hot takes. I really like Kirk Cousins. I know he gets a lot of flack for, um, you know, not exactly getting that playoff success or, uh, you know, being worth the money that he's paid. But I think that Kirk Cousins is a, a competitor at the end of the day. And he's always going to at least try and put that team in a position to win. And they they lost a lot of heartbreakers. And I feel like this is the year where they might finally put it together. 
Moving back to the AFC side of things, you know I had to say about my Chiefs. I think we're going back to the Super Bowl. You know, that's without question. Um, I think it's going to be big for us. Obviously not having Tyreek Hill, but I think in a way, you know, kind of forces us to not be one dimensional, you know, try and work on that offense, whether it be uh, one of the new running backs that they just drafted, whether it be they alter the situations, more play action, um, putting, uh, you know, some protection around Mahomes so he's not running for his life. You know, I think there's a lot of things that need tweaking with the offense because, you know, too heavily we, we relied on Chyreek Hill to just get open. And I think that, you know, once teams started to really put guys down the field and, you know, those that, you know, second tier defense just started to really bump those receivers going across the middle, you know, it really caused problems for the Chiefs. But I think that, you know, having a full, you know, offseason to get healthy, get guys into the system, you know, know what our offense is going to be looking like. Um, I think it's going to be good things for the Chiefs, and I think we're going to get ourselves back to the Super Bowl, uh, especially with having Mahomes having a chip on his shoulder too. I think, you know, having guys that, you know, you don't really need to motivate when you give them motivation, you know, it's, it speaks dangerous things. And I think one thing that Antoine's not going to really like here and here, this is my next take, is you know, I think the Ravens are going to, you know, take another step back. And I think this is going to be another year that the Ravens missed the playoffs. You know, I just don't see how they got better in the offseason. You know, uh, I think that Lamar Jackson, you know, he's really going to have some competition when you have Deshaun Watson who comes back from his suspension over in Cleveland. Um, I, I just I just think that AFC North division is going to be tough. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have Ben Roethlisberger anymore, but you have the Bengals who, you know, went to the Super Bowl, and you have football quality football teams in that division, and it's going to be hard. It's not a walk in the park for the Ravens to make the playoffs, and I think that Lamar Jackson is, you know, really seeing that. And we're really going to see what the Ravens are made of this, this, this next season. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I don't think that it's playoff material. And then after that, I think that another big thing to keep it in the AFC West, you know, I think this is a make-or-break year for Derek Carr. I mean, you get Devontae Adams, who's arguably one of the best wide receivers of this, you know, generation right now. Um, if you can't win with him, if you can't have some great numbers, then it's you, man. I think I hate to say it, but you know this is make or break for Derek Carr. You know I think that he has to have success. He has to keep that Raiders team competitive. You know he's done that, but you know now it's time to win a playoff game. Now it's time to go to the AFC divisional or the, the AFC championship. Now it's time to beat the Chiefs, not just in a regular season uh, game. So I think there's heavy, immense pressure on Derek Carr to not only have success with the Ravens, but to also take them to the playoffs and win a game too. Um, big shout again to Alvin for a great question. I think this kind of leads in great to our next one who comes from Tim Sicoria. He goes, will there be a Talk That Talk Show Fantasy League? The last time, I'm sure Jeffrey can uh, attest to this, you know, we had a um, – we just let – uh, too many people into the league that weren't serious about the league. And I think that that made for um, some integrity issues, whether it be trades, waiver wire acquisitions, things of that nature that compromise the league. And I think that if we do, you know, make another league, 
Uh, I just want to be very um, selective with who we invite into this fantasy football league so that, you know, the integrity of the league can be uh, kept up and that everybody can have a good time and still, you know, get a chance to win some good money in it too. So, you know, I think that's something that we could definitely talk about at the Talk That Talk Show event uh, this Saturday coming up. Not this Saturday tomorrow, but next Saturday, August 13th. So, you know, maybe you can give me some suggestions, Tim, on what you'd like to see from the league. Um, but I definitely think that um, there will be uh, a Talk That Talk Show League in the horizon. A uh, big shout-out also to my boy Bobby Owens, who runs our fantasy league, No Side Fantasy Football League. Been in it for almost 10 years. And, um, you know, seeing him and how he's been able to commission a great league that year in and year out is super fucking competitive. Um, I-, I love it. And I think that, um, you know, it's the competitiveness week in and week out of a good fantasy football league that makes it. And um, I hope that, you know, if I am selective and get the right guys, um, hopefully can get you in on it too, Tim. But um, hopefully we can have a great fantasy football league. Uh, my dad asks, how will the Mets do against the Braves for the rest of the series? So um, i tell you what. I think that tomorrow's game, I know the Mets are down 8-1 right now. In a blackout game. That's why we had the black jersey on. Um, You know, it's tough. It's tough to get your ass kicked like that. But I think what we have to see is is that, you know, the Mets did take the first game yesterday. Um, We got Max Scherzer on the mound tomorrow. So the first game of a doubleheader. I think it's super important for the Mets to at least take one of the games tomorrow. Um, if you can split that four-game series with the Braves, that means they don't gain any ground on us. Then we can go and try and beat up on Cincinnati on Monday with Jacob DeGrom on the mound, you know, feeling a little bit more seasoned in his second start. So, um, you know, I feel very confident about the Mets. You know, uh, Jeff said Walker was due for a bad one. He was because, you know, him and, and Carrasco, even Carrasco yesterday, you know, he had, you know, over 30 scoreless innings in a row. And, uh, you know, that streak was bound to happen. So, you know, seeing, you know, Carrasco struggle yesterday and seeing Tawan Walker, you know, struggle a little bit today, I just think that this shows that they're human. You know, these guys have been pitching very, very well for us. And I think that tomorrow – to, to, to rely on old reliable and Max Scherzer to go get a win for the Mets in the daytime, you know, I think that will play dividends for us in the in the long run leading up to our next series with the Braves because, you know, you never want to give the Braves any type of ground in a pennant race like this, especially a team that's won the, um, the World Series last year. And then um, finally, uh, one of the last questions that we have here comes from my boy Chris Shank Jr., and he says, what are we here for? And I know he might have been joking uh, with that question. Uh, big shout out to Chris Garrett who says, what up, Captain Buckets? And it's actually apropos that he joins in on here for this segment because Chris Shank Jr., like I said, he put in the comments, he goes, what are we here for? And, you know, I know he might have been joking when he asked that question, but, you know, where we have you know, Tripp, who says Captain Buckets, you know, that's been a, a name that, you know, throughout my athletic career, you know, I never got dubbed that, you know. I was the leading scorer for my high school basketball team, but was never a captain. 
You know, I played a college, you know, sport, walked on, but was never a captain. So, you know, I may have had leadership capabilities, but I had never been dubbed a captain by my own peers in an athletic or a team setting. So, you know, it was a different type of responsibility that I took on. And, um, you know, one of the things that I had seen within our team was that we really wanted to take the next steps to going uh, to you know, the UBA playoffs in our division. And we saw that, you know, teams crumbled. We saw that teams said that if they didn't leave the division, they would fold. I don't want to name names. But we, you know, took a stand as a team and said we don't want no easy way outs. And, you know, we don't want to just beat up on cream puffs. If we want to, you know, you know, make the playoffs, we want to do it against the best and have no excuses. So, you know, that was a stand that we took, and beyond taking that stand, you know, there were some steps that needed to happen to get us to that place. And I said that I wanted to prioritize, you know, making practices set up for our team. And, um, you know, beyond just my individual practice of getting better, you know, we had to then elevate the play of the people around us that wore the same jerseys as us. And we said about how we didn't want to compromise and, you know, just bowl in the same houses that we've been at. Uh, we wanted to continue to go to different places and be a diverse bunch of individuals that can bowl their asses off. And for me, you know, setting up these practices were important. I thought it was super important last month that I was there for both of them. You know, but for this, you know, month, you know, I, I set a, a deadline for myself. I said, I'm going to have the dates put in the chat. And, you know, I might I might have been a little bit late this week in putting them in the chat. But, you know, CJ had said to me and he goes, yeah, man, um, yo, I, I definitely need those those dates, man. Hey, it would be sure it would be nice to get those dates for practice. And, you know, even though he was trying to be uh, a little annoying or, you know, getting under my shit, I knew what he was trying to do and he was holding me accountable. So when he asked this, th you know, this question of what are we here for, you know, I think that we're here to push each other and, and to make each other great. You know, I think that when you have people that hold you accountable, you know, you know that you have people over your shoulder that are trying to push you in the right direction as well, too. So, you know, I think that we are here to push each other, but at the same time, you know, we're just here to to be in our roles and excel in those roles. You know, when I was dubbed being a captain, you know, I, I, I didn't take that job lightly. You know, I took that and said that I really wanted to excel in that. I wanted to bring everybody else that wears the same jersey up with me, man. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm here to be the best captain that I can be. And I want to put us all in the best, you know, positions to, to make sure that we really get dubs, man. I think that, you know, it's one thing to say what we want, and it's another thing to take the steps to get what we want, you know. And I think that um, oftentimes those steps can be hard, but if we truly do take the right steps, then, you know, the, the, the things that we want, we can get. And we have Bud Stevens that says, hey, Barry, had surgery on Tuesday. It was a massive tear, a lot of pain. Um, but we'll be back when all healed. And, you know, I just want to say to him, like I said, a speedy recovery to you, bud. Bud's one of the coolest people in the bowling alley. And, you know, he's went through a lot with, you know, getting major surgery. So, you know, like we said, big prayers up to you, man. You know, you want to make sure you, you're back on the lanes because the bowling alley is not the same without bud out there. Uh, you know, at least, you know, making fun of you and having some fun with you, telling him how good he shot. So, you know, like I said, you know, there's going to be some things or obstacles in our way 
that are going to try and stop us from that end goal. But here you have the resilience of a Bud Stevens to say, you know what, I'm not going to let this injury stop me. I'm going to do the proper things to make sure that I can get back, man. And, you know, I, like I said, you know, what are we here for? And what we're here to do is to uplift each other, you know, push each other, hold each other accountable, and, and also support each other. You know, that's what it's all about. And, you know, I'm just happy to have this platform here on the Talk That Talk show to where I can share some time with you all and also let you guys in on some of the things that are going on in my life and that helped me to go in the positive direction. So, you know, once again, shout out to everybody who's tuned in. Shout out to everybody who asked me questions. And, and uh, you know, you guys are what really made this episode special. You know, I want to continue to do things like this where, you know, once in a while, open the floor to you guys to where, you know, instead of telling you guys what's going on with me and, you know, some of the things I find interesting, I want you to ask me about things that you find interesting and, and I can give you my perspective on that. You know, part of the thing of, you know, listening to other people is, um, you know, not only getting other perspectives, but also finding things out about yourself and the way you f view things. And, um, you know, this last one, this goes out to Doc because, you know, I'm always playing my games. I know I am. And we've been looking really for something else to watch. And um, Forensic Files can only, you can see but so many of those episodes. So, you know, now we've moved on to a show which I would suggest to people out there has been pretty, pretty interesting. But it is on the A&E channel, and it's called 60 Days In. And it literally covers people that go undercover into jails and try and, I guess, assimilate to jail culture. And I don't know what it is about this show, but it has been, I've been addicted to it. I don't know what it is. But um, I haven't, like I said, been addicted to a show like this since maybe Squid Game when I binged it at the earlier of the year. But, um, you know, the situations that they put these people in and kind of the way that people really conduct themselves that we wouldn't really understand, you know, it's a very different perspective, to say the least. And if you don't know why you shouldn't go to jail, I think you should definitely check out that uh, show. It's called 60 Days In on A&E. But, you know, it's been a crazy watch for me. It's been able to uh, kind of take me away from the Xbox when the Mets are getting their ass kicked 8-1. Uh, you want to get a little steam off. You know, it's a good show to watch, man. So, like I said, that's my suggestion. If you're looking for a new show on Netflix, well, it's not on Netflix, but if you're looking for a new show to watch, Find, check out your streaming platform. See if you can check it on A&E. It's called 60 Days In. But this is the this is it for the Talk That Talk show, guys. Another episode in the books. Next time we'll be on the air, it will be episode 170, man. We're going to be 30 episodes away from that 200 episode. Um, you know, I know Majestic wants us back, but who knows? We talked to my boy uh, Tony, and he was saying about how he wants Bolera to, to host us for a Talk That Talk show event. So, you know, who knows where the 200th episode is going to be at? I don't even know where it's going to be at. But I think that the 170 mark kind of signifies that we're getting really, really close to that 200 mark, man. And, you know, 200 is not a, a, a small number by any amount either. You know, 169 episodes episodes is is pure consistency you know pure effort and just um just just me trying to put all that i got into this to make sure that everyone that whether you're tuned on instagram facebook live youtube spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, stitcher if you guys are tuned in 
You know, I just want to make sure that I'm giving you 100% of myself and at the same time trying to create content that you guys are going to really want to enjoy, tell your friends about, and be proud to listen to, man. Um, I'm just going to keep getting better. You know, I'm really excited to go to the Mets game tomorrow with my pops. Hopefully, Max Scherzer pitches a gem so we can find a way to either win or split this series. But, um, you know, there's great things on the horizon. It's a great time to be a Mets fan. It's a great time to be alive and doing positive things, man. So, once again, thank you so much for tuning into the Talk That Talk show. Episode 170 will be streamed next week. Uh, make sure you're tuned in. If you haven't, check out TalkThatTalkShow.com. You know, I appreciate you guys so much. Wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your support. And, like I said, you know, I'm just going to continue on to do positive things. You know, make sure this show gets better. Make sure that I have an episode for you each and every week. You just got to do your job of tuning in and telling a friend. Love you all. See you next week.